thanks so much, you guys, for, for coming out this morning. Um, um, hoping to sort of just give you an overview of some of the work we've been doing um, on return of research results. Uh, obviously, um, a lot of, of new work coming out. Uh, uh, you know, if you're interested in the topic and you haven't seen the genetics in, in medicine issue, there's a, a lot of uh, thoughtful stuff. But um, just thought I'd try and show you a little bit of, of what we've been trying to contribute to the discussion. So, um, yeah, excellent. Do people stand always or? Is sitting acceptable? I'm going to sit. <laughs> Whatever you like. Excellent. As long as we can hear it. Sounds good. So um, as you guys are well aware, there's a large number of potential research results uh, that you know, we possibly could return to uh, subjects in uh, genetic research studies, genomic research studies now. Um, and the question is, you know, questions are, should we do this? What should we do? And, and uh, and how should we do it? Um, and so to try and help answer those questions, both for the studies that uh, are cons considering doing this, con studies that are being asked or told they, they need to consider doing this, and, and for the policymakers who are trying to you know, uh, help do this in the right way or, or not do it, as the case may be, uh, we've been doing some, some uh, different uh, engagement projects. Uh, we started off in 2007 doing a project for an HGRI where we talked to the general population uh, about um, the, uh, about sort of Francis Collins, ba you know, sort of baby, the idea of a sort of million-person uh, cohort study across the U.S. That, that would be longitudinal and look at genes and environment. Um, the VA got wind of that, and uh, a project that Jeff's been involved with, the, they've been building their own genetic medicine program. and wanted to do some engagement as well. So we basically did the same study uh, with the VA population. Uh, and then we've gone on and done some more stuff. But uh, we've talked to quite a few people. Um, our major methods have been focus groups, interviews, uh, and surveys. Um, and so just to give you a sense of when we started out in 2008, um, uh, uh, we wound up with a survey asking people about their attitudes about participation in large-scale genetic re research cohort studies. And just to give you sort of a baseline of where we started off, about 60% of the people we surveyed, it was a representative national U.S. sample of folks, um, uh, about 60% said they, they definitely or probably would participate. Uh, and so why would they participate? Um, what, 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 what did they sort of see was in it for them? In deciding whether or not to participate, how important would the following be to you? Uh, all these different things that you know, we thought people might get out of it, uh, health inf getting health information back was you know, by far the most important. 94% of people said that would be a reason they would they'd want to take part. More important than monetary compensation, health care benefits, and internet connection, uh, that kind of stuff. So people want to learn about themselves. Um, in the survey, we did a little bit, a little experiment, which I won't go into uh, in too great a detail, uh, where we measured the sort of willingness to participate and how it might be influenced. This is all hypothetical, you know. It, you know, we showed people different different um, study scenarios and said, would you be willing to participate? And uh, 
giving people research results back would increase participation theoretically by about 10 percent more than increasing the amount of reimbursement they got by 150 dollars uh, and and it was much more important than we varied the sort of study burden and that was all three of those were were significantly would significantly affect people's willingness to take part but returning research results was the most important <clears throat> again in the survey we you know so what do people think they want what, what do people want when they when they say they want research results uh, almost everyone said they wanted to get information on conditions that can be prevented or treated that's you know sort of no-brainer still 91% said they would want information even though even if there was nothing that uh, they could do nothing they could do about the data yeah Yeah, yeah, we did specify. We explained the difference. It's a great question. And people also want aggregate results, too. I mean, they're very, very interested in that. Um, and we can talk at length about different sort of different aspects of it. Uh, if you like environmental results, people are very interested in in a sort of different way. Um, so but yeah, this is focused on individual research results. I'm sorry. So yeah. I think they want the interpretation, Jeff. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, the the critique of this is that, uh, and, and I'll get to that in, in a sec. I mean, the, the the critique is that people don't know what it is they're asking for exactly. They, I think, the assumption is they're going to get something that looks like, let's say, a cholesterol test or a, you know, you are at increased risk of this or that. Uh, uh, I mean, the awareness of pharmacogenetic tests is not high, and we did a, that's one of my major regrets, we did a bad job of asking about that and about sort of carrier status kinds of things. Um, so people are thinking about disease risk information uh, and whether they conflate that with, I will get the disease, you know, is, we explored in, this, in, the, in, the, next, uh, in, in the next survey, which I will talk about. Um, we asked who they, yeah, we asked why they wanted it, uh, and I, I will, I'll, I'll show you some of that. Um, and the main reason that people say they want it, um, you know, we, we didn't use too many examples. Um, so, like, we asked people, do you want, uh, want to get data back on Alzheimer's? Um, and yes, 90, 90 some odd percent want that. And, you know, and we specified, even though there's nothing you can do about it, yeah, I want it. You know, survey length. We couldn't drill down too deeply and say what would you do with that information. It's a, it's a great and super interesting question. I mean, it, it is the, uh, you know, and, but it also keeps getting more hypothetical and more hypothetical. Uh, you know, it's a place where I think you know maybe talking to 23andMe customers or or you know Bob Green's patients, uh, you know, finding out what they would do is probably more effective than anything we've got. Um, not everyone wants the data back, wants their data back, and the number one reason, I mean, people look at this slide and, they're say, and they say, well, 17%, that's not really that much. But, uh, you know, 17% of people say, without having seen any piece of any data, it, it would worry them. And so, I mean, that is a real, you know, that's the concern that comes up, and it, it's a real one. Um, so, and it would be too much information, and I'm just not that interested. Um, so. But overall, the, the gestalt, when we presented this data, the overall gestalt was 
people want their individual research results. Uh, they, they want high risk and low risk. They want actionable and not actionable. And that, that desire is very, very high. People say they won't, you know, 80% of people said they wouldn't participate if they didn't get their results back, this kind of thing. So the, the message was people really want this information. <clears throat> and, you know, again, that was all hypothetical, sort of looking back at a couple of studies that are doing this, uh, the New Gene study at Northwestern, 96% of, of people opted for recontact to get medically relevant results. Two-thirds of them hoped that they would be recontacted. I mean, you're only going to get bad news, and yet two-thirds of people wanted to learn something, and 30% thought that they would learn about their genetic risks. Uh, and Nugene did not specify that that would happen. In the Marshfield study uh, in Wisconsin, the participants were told in the consent form, you will not get results back. 39%, they did a survey of like a year later, 40% thought that they were gonna learn about their genetic risk. So, you know, it's in, it's in the public consciousness. <clears throat> so, what was the initial response um, uh, to sort of these findings that people want, uh, want their, their data? I mean, if the ethicists and the researchers were <laughs> shocked and appalled. Um, was their initial response, and and then, as a at least that's what we thought we were hearing when people talked to us. Um, you know, this a this is a bad idea, and the second thing they said was, people don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> um, they don't know what it is they're asking for, uh, and 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 you know, so they don't know what you're asking them about. So you know, how do you really know if they want any of this? <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Um, and so, so we thought, uh, first we thought we need to do a second study of the public uh, uh, to really drill a little deeper, explain some of the, the vagaries of, of the results and see what people think. Do they still want it? What specifically do they want? Um, that kind of thing. So uh, explain some of the limitations, ex explore various types of results, uh, what do you want and, and why, uh, to, to really explore this and, and answer the, you know, try and answer some of those questions that, I mean, I think the critics were, were right to raise those. And then this, we also realized that <clears throat> we thought we knew what researchers thought about this. Those two slides I showed you, the scream and, and, and President Bush, that everyone, that everyone hates this and no one will do it and it's all scary. And we started to realize, you know, no one's really characterized what researchers think about this, uh, what they're doing about it, what's going on in the trenches. So, um, uh, so we're in the middle of a second study uh, trying to really find that out, what researchers and sort of biobank leaders think about returning results, what they're doing, uh, what sort of policies they've adopted, uh, what, what kind of guidance they feel that they, that they could use uh, to, to do that if they have to do it. Um, and again, our only agenda in this is to try and inform those who are trying to do it. We, I think a lot of people think that, that, I'm, I'm that I think everyone should get all their information back and uh, I, I'm honestly on the fence or agnostic. I mean, I think it's more complicated than obviously than that. And, we're just trying to rep, you know, help show the way to whatever extent our work can do that. So this second public study 
Um, we did, uh, we started out with some focus groups where we ran through and just tons and tons of different kinds of results, uh, variants of unknown significance in a, a you know, a gene of, of, you know, known risk, um, high risk, low risk, you know, increased risk, decreased risk, you know, high risk, 1% increase in risk, actionable, not actionable, environmental, genetic, uh, um, validated, not validated, um, just trying to sort of get a gestalt of where do, where do people start to question whether or not they really want it. And uh, the place where people do sort of start breaking down is, um, is validated results we saw in, in, in the focus groups. If it's not validated, people are less, much less certain that they really want it. And they don't want, they don't really care about non-medical stuff, uh, you know, um, blonde hair and blue eyes, the, the things that, you know, that a lot of us criticize and say, you know, there's no reason we should have to give that back. The public tends Does to agree with that. Really <clears throat> I think that we, I feel like we explained it relatively well, that we, um, the idea that, um, that, you know, you might get a result that's only been just found and that like, you know, and may well, that, you know, we explain it sort of in the context of, you know how you read in the paper, you know, one week that drinking wine is good for you and the next week it's not. Yeah, yeah. That's how a lot of this stuff is going to be. Oh, do you want it? Mm. Some people, yeah, I want it. Just give it to me and I'll keep track of it. And other people, oh, maybe not. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the overall gestalt in the focus groups on that issue is um, give it to me and tell me what the limitations are of what you know. And, you know, a researcher will tell you, that is a very complicated discussion, but, you know, about what I do and don't know about the risks. And it is, but maybe it can be broken down and simplified. You know, I, I, I'm not sure. That's what people say that they... You know, you tell me what you know and don't know, and I will, I will take it from there. On the other hand, we have the same people in the same focus group saying, um, but I really expect that the things you'll be giving back to me, you really understand well. So there's this sort of like, you wouldn't really give it to me if it was really, really bad, would you? Um, so there's a little bit of a, I think it's, you know, there's part part of it's just the if you offer me something I'll t do you want a pony yes I, w I would like a pony I mean if you offer people <laughs> things they will take them and then they will see what they will figure out if they actually want the pony you know but yeah sure why not <laughs> um, so I think there's a lot of that um, so we did in this in this survey we um, so we, we built a survey off of these findings um, where we did some some experiments that are called conjoint analyses, which I'll, I'll talk about a little bit. Uh, we did some cognitive interviews before the surveys because there were a lot of complicated concepts and we wanted to make sure that people really understood what we were getting at. Uh, and, and I think that really helped the, uh, overall the, the survey. So um, just an overview of what we did in the survey. We used Knowledge Networks, which is um, uh, a, a, a service that um, has a representative sample of the U.S. population that uh, they can survey online. <clears throat> um, for the first time, we did our work in both Spanish and English. Uh, we got a relatively good uh, response rate, 57%, uh, a little bit lower in Hispanics and black non-Hispanics, both of whom we uh, oversampled to be able to make some comparisons. Um, 
I don't want to spend a lot of time in this, but just the demographics, these are the weighted percentages of our sample compared to the U.S. demographics. And the main differences you can see are that, um, that uh, we have slightly more people in, in uh, middle income range than in the U.S. Uh, and our folks with less than a high school ed education are underrepresented in our sample. Um, but overall, relatively good. We, we also, um, we also uh, wanted to look at the distribution of Hispanics uh, geographically. Um, the language preference is not representative because we sampled specifically for that to uh, split our sample half who preferred to take it in, in Spanish and half in English because we thought that might be an interesting difference, uh, you know, in sort of a, a measure of acculturation uh, in a way. Um, but Um, there is correlation between it, uh, education and how badly people want it. M more educated people, uh, people with a bachelor's degree are more, uh, wanted it more. It made more of a difference to them. Um, so, but our, our Spanish sample was, was, was pretty good. So, so just to, just to give you uh, context, so this was done, uh, in 2011 and uh, slightly less, 60% uh, in 2008, so they would participate in the study, 56% uh, uh, now, and not clear, that is a significant difference because we have pretty big sample sizes, but I'd be hard pressed to tell you why, honestly. 85% um, said they would, or 84% said they would expect the study to give them their results back. Um, we asked, uh, if you were participating, would you be, in, so it's, Yes, I would expect it. Would you be interested in it? 77% uh, said yes. When we asked this in 2008, 90 we just had yes and no. We didn't have not sure, 90% said yes. So we start to see maybe it's not quite as, as you know, some people are not sure. It's not quite as strong as, as maybe we thought in 2008. Laura? Was this asking about genetic research results, or are there other kind of results described in the? Uh, this, um, this was just individual research results. We didn't specify at this point genetic. Um, so it could be environmental, but the study is described pretty clearly as genes and environmental uh, causes of disease. So it could be either, but um, it's a really good point. I, you know, I would have to go back and look at the wording, but I'm pretty sure we did not d differentiate when we start asking. So, I mean, it, it, and environmental, findings, environmental results are different. People see them differently. They want them as much, but what they think you, sh you the researcher, should do with them is very, very, you should share them, not only with me, with, with town hall, with the state government, with my employer, with, you know, anyone who can fix that environmental problem needs to know about it. And, you know, uh, so it's, you know, it's a, a bit of a different beast. Um, and people also see some of the downsides. Well, what if my community, you know, is, you know, however you define community is sort of downgraded in a way or um, so a little bit softer number about how people you know do people really want want this um, people see the flip side 38% said it would make uh, return results would make the study too expensive to do and 68% uh, said it's not the purpose of the study it's not the purpose of the study but I still want it I still want it but you know so <clears throat> We're trying to put a little bit finer point on 
how important the how important so we did two experiments the first one is how important is getting results relative to a bunch of other study factors i showed you in the first survey we just we did uh payment getting results and one little um one little thing you had to do in the study whether or not you had to do it or not but we realized the study is more complicated than that we want to see again sort of rel relatively how important um is getting results compared to uh, how much you get paid and since it's a longitudinal study we're talking about an annual payment how long the study is who the data are shared with uh, either u.s academics u.s academics and u.s industry or u.s academics and international academics um, we want to talk about how uh, medical records are collected uh, or health updates are collected either through looking at your medical records through giving you surveys or through bringing you in for for an exam um, and then we explored three extra components of the study, keeping a diet journal, a home visit by an epidemiologist, not popular, and, uh, and uh, doing a fitness test. So we want to look at the sort of, we want to look both at the, vari the variation in, in acceptability across, you know, getting $0, $50, and $100. And for our return of results, the, it was uh, no results, um, a few validated results, or all the results. So we want to look at sort of the variability in, in uh, the variability in sort of acceptability of a study design across one of those factors, and we want to compare. And so the way we do this is this conjoint analysis, and uh, this is an example of the kind of question that people are asked to answer, where they see two study designs, A and B, that um, vary with respect to um, with, with to these with respect to these factors, and they're just asked to choose one, or they can say, I, I, I wouldn't choose that. And each person has to fill out nine of these cards, and the, the, uh, nine of these screens, and, and the screens are uh, very highly designed. There's a, a sort of design parameters behind this that allow you then to calculate the relative importance of, of these factors. So, and the way these things are reported, this, this stuff comes from market research, so uh, it's, I mean, you know, it's, a, it's mostly used by uh, people who want to find out if you're buying a car, what is the relative importance of speed, gas mileage, price, the roominess, and, you know, and the head-turning factor. You know, which of those things is you know, most important to you and second important? And, you know, and they like to break that down by demographic group. But so you're looking at each of the factors, and, you're, and, and you basically get a measure of whether the factor is repulsive, whether people don't like that study design, or whether it's attractive. And you know you can look at the difference in, in the difference between uh, giving no apples, giving one apple, and giving a lot. And so you can look at how things, you know, how acceptability shifts with as one variable shifts. And you can compare apples to oranges on a relative scale. So I can look at I can look at how important it is. Uh, to change how much money I'm giving back, and I can see how important those changes are relative to the importance of giving results back, for example. So this is what we saw. And the uh, most important factor, so you know, the, the, uh, you know, the length of the line is sort of the import of the factor. And most important factor, just by the sort of Height of the line is uh, how much money people get back. Uh, and um, in our 2008 survey, we didn't ask people about getting no, getting no money. So what we were looking at 
was that in our 2008 survey, we were comparing this line and none versus all in that line. So it's not surprising that that looked bigger than this in our 2008 survey. But giving no money back annually, a non-starter, very negative, repulsive, <laughs> the most repulsive thing. Uh, <laughs> and sort of, and you know, relatively linear here uh, as you sort of increase the, the compensation, although it, it's hard to re really extrapolate that. Although you can, we haven't done it yet, but you can sort of say if this, you know, this is worth, this gap is worth $50, so this gap is worth, if I go from 10 years to a 15-year study, I might have to pay someone, mm, you know, $30, $25 to make up for that. That's sort of, you can assign economic worth to that, but, yep. The order in which they saw a design so that no cost was seen after someone had seen a $100 design would affect, it seems like it would be, if you said, gee, I, I didn't even know I could have got $100. Yeah, now zero is terrible. It, it's, a, it's a really good question. The, the, um, the design parameters are, um, so, the way the way it works is um, you will see nine different cards, uh, and um, and Jeff will see the same cards but in a different order. So you do wind up getting a correct for that. Uh, um, but it is a good question, and and you can check for order effects up and you know what thing is at the top of the card and the bottom of the card. Um, and we've run the diagnostics, and it looked like it worked out pretty well for us. Um, um, but yeah, there are a lot of design issues with these studies, and we're fortunate to have, there's a, a, a fellow up at, uh, up at Maine campus on Hopkins who's a real expert in this who, who, uh, who helped us along with this. Um, so. What, what was the highest amount offered for the annual compensation? Uh, $100, $100. We told them they would get 200 to start for signing up, and then every year they would get nothing, 50 or 100. You, you could make that inference if you want, yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's hard to, I don't know, Jeff, if, I don't know if we're allowed to say this buys you that or this buys you that. I mean, I think it's, it's sort of theoretical, but I think if you had to, you know, if you had to make a guess, you could say that if you decide to return no results, you can buy that goodwill with, you know, with maybe just with $50 or $100 a year. Um, you know, which is the cost of a 23 annual subscription. So, you know, um, so there are a couple of other, Laura, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I had a question, but also about, I mean, giving people results, of course, is not cost-free to study. Right. And whether people then see that as good, whether they get the results and be like, what, this, I, that's not what I thought I would get. Like, that's, that's a great question. I mean, do, once people saw, see a result, would, you know, would they think it's worth the study's time and their time? Is that sort of what you're... Well, just the or, trade-off between looking at that cost line and the results line, I'm not sure we know what the trade-off is. Uh, yeah. My, my main question is, what's the difference when the line is the left-leaning versus the right-leaning? Um, ah, okay. So, um, so here is the study length. A uh, five-year study is viewed as positive. A 10-year study, pretty much right at zero. Like is okay, not good or not bad, 15-year study. So this is 
acceptability decreasing as the study length increases. People are less interested in being in a study for 15 years than, than five. Um, which, you know, is not surprising, but it's, you know, that's a, that's a pretty big slow, you know, if you sort of look relative to these other things, it's a pretty big difference. So, uh, you know, so if you want to do a 15 year study that, you know, that costs you a little bit. What I think is maybe one of the most interesting things is that if you go from no research results returned to a few validated results, a pretty big jump. Going from a few results to all results, it's pretty modest, not that big a difference. You're not getting that much. People, people see, seem to see, and we've got some other questions I'll show you in a minute, that just getting something back is fair or good, uh, and maybe you don't have to give everything back, uh, which I think is good news. <laughs> is the presumption that the few results you get back are the most important ones as opposed to the few random we, we, we did another experiment, which I'll show you, where we asked what, what, things are, what results are most important to people. Uh, we did say that these are a few validated results. So since that seemed to be the most important factor to people in the focus groups, uh, that it, it was meaningful. Um, people don't, don't differentiate very much between high and low risk, uh, you know, high penetrance, low penetrance. Um, they want to know if they're at the pop people love to compare themselves to everyone else. They want to know if they're at higher risk, lower risk, or even the same risk as the general population. They want actionable, not actionable results. Um, pretty much the, you know, the same. So, uh, but the I, we thought the validation was maybe the most, the thing that people really bite at most, like, or drop off if it's not validated. Um, and so, so we thought, let's, let's make that the caveat for, give them the things that they might think would be most valuable. And then a couple of other little interesting bits. Um, so this is giving, sharing data with US researchers, good. Sharing data with foreign researchers and industry, not good. Hmm. Uh, and we saw this in the we saw this in the first survey too. Um, I mean, obviously not as big a difference as these other factors. And then this is um, would I update your health status by looking at your medical records, giving you surveys, or bring you in for an exam? Bring you in for exam, positive, seen as a positive. Same uh, doing a diet journal. These should be in different order. Sorry, but uh, you know it's not really a continuous line here. So. Um, Diet journal and epidemiologist visit, very bad, uh, not very good. A fitness test, seen as a positive, an incentive. Not huge, but a significant positive incentive. Is, is, that, Dr. Palmer, is that more because of the face-to-face -face and the, the interaction? Would you think that people want something that well, you're actually giving something back physically to them? What, I, what we think it is is people want, this is just more indication that people, if people haven't, a chance to get information about themselves from a fitness test, a physical, they'll take it, they want it. I mean, it's a, it's a boon. So, as, as a follow-up, um, I've been doing a little bit of reading about yeah, I think it, it is a problem. In the focus groups, um, um, a lot of people are concerned that uh, if you give me the results, you should also give me follow-up care. 
uh, you know, at least a referral, uh, that there is something to be done. Um, I'll show you the reasons that people say they want their results. And um, uh, it, I mean, it is a problem, um, but we did our best to really explain this might not have any medical use. Do you still want it? Yes, I still want it. Mm -hmm. We we did ask that and um, and um, uh, I I don't have the data on on this slide. I have it on my computer somewhere. Uh, I think about. Let me see if I can get this right. Um, um, Thirty percent of people said internet shouldn't be used to do that. Um, Twenty percent said. I think roughly 20% said email would be okay, which I think is surprising. You know, it's a lot. Uh, and 50% said a secure website would be um, would be an okay way to give uh, results back. Um, and that we uh, we um, asked a couple questions to uh, measure whether people were social networkers or not. And uh, are you a face? Are you? There's no good definition. We are you a Facebook member, and have you posted on Facebook in the last week? Is one definition that's out there. So we use that, and under that definition, people who are social networkers more likely to participate, um, and much more likely to accept the use of web and and, and internet for a lot of a bunch of different uh, possible study communication functions. So, and I mean, um, you know. What that's you know social networking is that is obviously it's still growing and so I mean I think accept the acceptability of that is probably also growing. Um, so our sort of preliminary conclusions from that experiment are that some results are uh, much better than giving some results back is much better than giving no, no results, but uh, giving all of them back doesn't get you that much. Uh, adding more compensation seems to add more goodwill. I'm, um, uh, Study attributes that uh, return other information back seem to be favored, and doing a 10-year study seems to be okay. Uh, these are a little bit hard to read, but um, one fun thing you can do with this is to, uh, if you, you've got sample size, and you actually don't need huge samples to to get these to get really reliable estimates, like 100 people in a group um, or less. I, I think 100 sort of like they're really happy with, but. So this is uh, white non-Hispanics, black non-Hispanics, and Hispanics. I know it's a little bit hard to read. The only real major difference here, white, white non-Hispanics, getting results back is a, a much bigger influence among white non-Hispanics than, than uh, black non-Hispanics and Hispanics. And um, none of these other differences are really significant. Uh, just some other quick demographic uh, comparisons, um, high income, um, pe people earning over $75,000 a year, a sort of bigger influence, uh, getting re research results back is more important to them. Uh, lower income, um, uh, not getting any money back annually, th this difference is significant. I mean, obviously it's not huge, but you know, it, it just sort of more, that sort of more validates, uh, did people really get the, you know, people get the question, sort of what you would expect, so. Uh, and um, and uh, for some reason, um, low-income people are much more excited about doing a diet journal than high-income people. Maybe, you know, time, I don't know. And uh, 
this is whether or not people were willing to participate. I, this one I think is actually sort of interesting. It's like, okay, you know, what do the people who are most likely to actually join your study want? Well, it's it's considerably more important to give those people results back, some results at least, and it's a, that is a very big difference. Uh, and uh, money is also more important among people willing to participate. So it's not pure altruism driving people to participate. So that was sort of a, you know, comparing different trade-offs, and, and uh, we asked another more direct trade-off question. Um, you know, returning, we said, told people returning results cost money, uh, so the study would enroll fewer people if they would be able to enroll fewer people if they spend that money. And uh, so we have a smaller study. A smaller study is going to take longer to make scientific discoveries. And people do want to participate to help society. I mean, so we asked. Um, so in thinking about that trade-off, sample size and how long the study will take to do something, uh, which would you prefer? And, oh, I don't know about that animation, but uh, so a quarter of the people said, I prefer a 10-year study that doesn't give anything back. 60% said a 12-year study that gives me um, actionable results back. And only 16% wanted to get everything back if the study would take 20 years. So, you know, just another sort of maybe giving, just giving a few things is, is acceptable. So what, what model do you have for giving results back? So if it was a 20 year study, you don't get any results for 20 years, or do you get interim results? I mean, we, did, we didn't specify it. Um, uh, and it's a great, you know, it's again one of those things you just, you could keep drilling down forever, and we would like to. It's a great question. I mean, I think, thinking back on the focus groups, I think people, it, they expect that you'll let them know when you know something. Um, although, when you bring in the question of validation, some people say, "Don't." T some people say you should wait until you know for sure. Uh, um, I don't think that sort of at the end of the study you get a big data dump appeals to most people. But uh, that's my my vague recollection. I wouldn't swear to it. Yeah. Uh, we didn't. I mean, it will, if if you're in a longitudinal study and you're waiting for outcomes, it will also take longer. That was our sort of, and uh, and we does wanted. Does it flow logically from the fewer people? Does it flow? I, I think so. I mean, we explained that we explained that um, you've got to wait for you've got to wait for people to develop disease, so you can compare, and, and you need you need enough people to do that. So. You have a smaller study. I mean, essentially, you're not going to make a study so small that it doesn't have power. And we didn't, you know, we didn't want to get into, mm -hmm. into that. You know, so we, we try to keep it relatively simple and say, you know, they're waiting around for people to develop, you know, disease so they can do cases and controls, and it'll take longer. We, I mean, it was a. Yeah, I mean, if you if you we tried in the focus group saying. Um, it will make the sample size smaller. People are like, so it'll go from from a million people to half a million. People are like, that sounds like a lot of people. I don't care. <laughs> it is a lot of people. Um, so we wanted to give them something concrete that 
that would both affect how quickly they would get information back and how well the study would operate. But your your option would be good too. I mean, because you know the data you might you data you're getting back, the confidence intervals are going to be wider, right? There's going to be more false positives and. Um, I, just a little, slightly more elaborate explanation, which I'm not saying, I'm not. I think really in the real world of research, we have to admit that we wouldn't wait 20 years. Uh, we'd go ahead and risk making mistakes, mistaken findings. You know, the funding agencies, nor the researchers, would be doing that waiting. Right. So the real, the real problem of fewer people is more mistakes. It'd be interesting to ask people what they thought about that. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Um, no, not no, uh, and and I mean, I, it's so it's so hard to do that in a big survey because you everyone's got different interests. We did ask people what um, they think what they think their risks of a few conditions are. We haven't done the analysis yet, so if you have a, a an undergrad or a graduate student who, I mean, it would be it would be really interesting to look at people who think they're at high risk of X Y, you know, a few different conditions, and, and why we ask why do you think they're at high, you're at high risk? Family history. My doctor told me so. I just I just feel like I am. It'd be interesting to look at that and sort of see it, it, are people in a hurry, you know, are certain people in a bigger hurry or have different attitudes? We we haven't looked at it, and I mean, we have the technology, the data, but. Um, This survey, no, we could because I mean, the uh, the idea is mainly to see whether the individuals designing studies um, are have perceptions about what the subject community is expecting, so whether they're aligned or not. So the, I think it would be interesting to see where there where there's really discordant views on what investigators think as, as potential subjects yep. that their subjects would want to see in a study. So Jeff, the the um, I feel like I'm torturing you guys, and this is going on and on, but um, the other study we're doing is in researchers and biobankers. We've done interviews, and our next step coming, you know, end of summer probably is uh, is a survey, and so I, we haven't really thought of it, but it's a great, yeah, we should absolutely just ask some of the same questions that, and, and see how they differ. I'd be pretty interesting. We have all these other, you know, do you, you know, do you have broad consent? Do you like broad consent? Blah, blah, blah. Jeff, was your question whether they had the same views or whether they had the same conclusions? So, I mean, whether they could so this, this, would they go for $10 or $100? Well, I'm not going to be in your survey. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine. <laughs> Yeah, th that's a that's a great idea. I mean, we have to we have to you know pick our battles and and you know and and but I think we could do that you know pretty efficiently with a few questions and uh, so I'm sensing some volunteers to review our survey, which I, I'm serious. I mean, you know, you get kind of tunnel vision and um, other perspectives are incredibly useful. 
Um, just maybe blast through some of this a little bit. This is just more sort of uh, the idea that um, giving only giving some results back would be fair. You know, it's the difference between do you want a pony? Yes, and would this be okay? I can't give you a pony. I can give you a miniature pony. <laughs> you know, a, a, a plastic pony. Would you would you like that? Well, yeah, that would be fair. I mean, I wouldn't like it as much as a pony, but so. And I think I think fair is a is a, a kind of a a fun little question. Uh, you know, um, would it be fair if I only received uh, results of um, preventable, treatable diseases? Sixty-eight oh no, fifty-eight percent. Sorry, uh, and seventy percent said it would be fair if I received things that show large changes in risk. We're not sure about that last one, but but I mean the overall idea is giving some results back would be viewed fairly is sort of acceptable by large numbers of people. So the other experiment we did was to try and explore what aspects of giving results back are most important to people. We said, um, and this sort of assumes, it says you're, the study is going to return results back. So um, given that, you know, given that you would get some results back, but the study designers can't do everything what are your priorities? So the relative importance of eight different attributes of returning results. Um, and basically the same exercise where people are choosing one of two, two um, options on a, on a screen. They have to do it 12 times instead of nine for this. So the attributes, and this is a little different because we're not going, I don't have uh, gradations in a single attribute like 50, 100, 0, 50, 100 dollars. It's just, it's either on or off, yes or no. So results are returned at no cost to the participant. So I'm, I'm getting them, I'm getting them, but do I have to pay something to get them? Uh, you know, and that sort of goes to the, maybe I would have to get, get retested somewhere. Um, study staff available to discuss the results, um, uh, getting results back for common diseases, um, getting results back for, uh, that show major changes in risk, you know, the NHLBI sort of criteria. Um, uh, getting things back for serious diseases, treatable diseases, getting results that are confirmed before in another study before their return. These are the short, short definitions. We have longer ones. And uh, result reports that give me a detailed explanation. And so we're we wanted to see, A, are these, are these used as, as positive or negative uh, attributes, and which of them are the most important? And um, this is, again, sort of what a question looks like. Um, Every single one of those aspects is on either A or B. Um, it, it's, it, I'm not going to let you look at it for too long because it's easy to sort of ask, mm -hmm. is that really a good question? <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is sort of ranked in order. Getting them free of charge is the most important attribute. Uh, you know, not surprisingly, I'm in your research study. You're not going to charge me for something that you say you're giving back, back to me. But so sort of, but we want to sort of get that out of the way. And, um, and, and these are sort of all adjusted for one another. So preventable or treatable diseases, serious diseases, and confirmed results, the three most important aspects. Le and then down at the bottom, sig still significant, like you know, I don't see that as a negative, I see it as a positive, but much less important, getting results for common diseases. So I think it doesn't really seem that interesting, but when you think about what's being recommended, you know, um, the um, 
the ACMG recommendation that just came out, a lot of those are rare diseases, and people are like, why do I even have to bother? People don't want that information. There's, it doesn't affect very many people. People still people don't care if it's rare. They don't care if it's common disease or rare. They want to know. Um, um, and getting uh, higher low risk uh, results. And then also not super important, being able to talk to someone about your results. It's again, just give it to me and let me go. If I have a question, I'll find you or I'll find someone to ask kind of thing. Uh, and and the, the sort of giving me a detailed explanation, you know, sort of important. But I mean, I'm not quite sure how informative this is, but it, it, I don't know why it just didn't look as interesting to us in the, you know, when we printed it out as when we formulated it. But this gives you a sort of measure of how the sort of relative influence of acceptability of a return of results policy. Um, so you can kind of get a sense of mag a different sense of magnitude because these numbers don't really mean anything. Um, they're all significant, uh, seen as significant positives. Um, and you sort of see two or three groups there. So common diseases, um, not that you know, common and uh, rare diseases both important to people. I think. So why do people want results? Did I just skip one? Oh yeah. Um, so we asked people, you know, I know I'm saying the same thing over and over again, but uh, you can choose to get all your results back, only actionable results or no results back. 45% of people would rather do something else than get all their results back. I mean, this is, you can have the pony, 45% of the people actually don't want the pony. Um, so, um, and then we asked, we asked people, um, why would you, you know, people who said, I only want actionable, why do you, why do you want those? People who want all, why do you want those? And so, um, number one reason, I would use these results to improve my health. People think there is utility there, they, they assume that it is there. But I could gather information about, uh, about my disease, I could share the information with my family, they might be able to use it later, my children might.